Hi, welcome to the podcast. My name is Yaakov Beasley, and I'm recording the Tanakh Talks podcast today, Friday afternoon, a couple days after Purim, on a cloudy and windy day in Elon Shrut, overlooking the hills of Yerushalayim. So welcome. Today we're going to be looking at one of my favorite phenomenons in the Tanakh, and it is the, and that's what's called the Vayomer Vayomer phenomenon. The Vayomer Vayomer phenomenon, for those who have been in my shurim know, is when the Tanakh has one person speak, and of course it always introduces it with, and person A said saying. But then, in the middle of the speech, it interrupts and it says, and person A said saying. And there's no need for that interruption, because if person A is saying, and person A said A, B, C, D, why does it need to say, and person A said A, B, and person A said C, D? That interruption there is a very interesting phenomenon, and it's been written about by Moshe Weinfeld, and more recently in the Chambalei it has pointed out many times in Hirshurim. And I want to point out here two examples of this interesting Vayomer phenomenon in this week's parasha, Exodus 32 and 34, Shmot, Lamed Bet, and Lamed Dalet. So let's take a look. And the first one is actually the most famous one. I quote this as a source because it appears that it's from here that you see that the rabbis are sensitive to this phenomenon. It's not a new literary phenomenon that reading into the text, but rather it's part of the tradition to understand something is happening here. With the Vayomer Vayomer phenomenon, I'll do a larger Vayomer Vayomer phenomenon later, hopefully next week with all the free time that now I have, having been, I don't want to say laid off by the Ministry of Education, but rather with school suspended, I will have some time to do some more podcasts, please God. So Vayomer Vayomer, when, and person A said... A, B, and person A said C, D, clearly we're waiting for some f- sort of response between the speeches that is supposed to happen or does not happen. So let's see how this plays out here, because the rabbis are already sensitive to it. In chapter 32, verse 7, God begins to speak to Moshe and tell him about the sins that B'nai Yisrael committed while he's up on the mountain. B'nai Yisrael, of course, have created the golden calf, the Ego HaZahav, and here's how it sounds. Vayomer, Vaydeber Hashem Moshe, Lech Red Kishichet Amcha, Asher Haleta Meir Tisraim. And God said to Moshe, Go descend for people that you have brought up from Egypt, have acted corruptly. They have turned away quickly from the path I commanded them. Saru Meher Minadera, Hasher Tivitin. Asulem Ega Masechavi, Shechavulova, Yisvechulo, Vayomer Elila Elokech Yisrael, Asher Alucha Meir Tisraim. And they prostrated themselves before and slaughtered sacrifices and said, these are your gods who have brought you up from Egypt. And Hashem, God, said to Moshe, I've seen this people. Behold, they're a stiff-necked people. Leave me alone, and my anger will be kindled against them, so I can annihilate them, and I'll make you into a great nation. And now Moshe responds. But obviously, if you listen to the break there, and God spoke to Moshe, and he tells him what's happening, and then, and God said to Moshe, I have seen this people, and behold, they're a, a stiff-necked nation, Let, leave me alone so I can um, destroy them. Clearly, the second, and God said to Moshe, is not necessary. Rashi begins to allude to it, because he notices the difference in chapter se- in verse 7 versus verse 9. It says, Vayedeber Hashem versus Vayomer Hashem. By the Hashem, he says, Lashon Kashot, that it, God is, as it were, angry with Moshe as well. 
And this is the read of the Orachim who expands on this and says, at first, God is doing, before God tells Moshe what he wants to do, he wants to bring Moshe down, knock him down off his pedestal. Because if Moshe has received any level of greatness, it is a testament to the fact that he represents the people and not of any personal accomplishments. And therefore, it's Lech Raid, go and get down, which is redundant. But also, Vaida Beres' Rashi is a language of strictness and harshness. And only then does he tell Moshe what he's decided to do. But there's something else here. And this is what the rabbis say, and I'll read it very quickly. And then when it says, Vayomer Hashem El Moshe, and God said to Moshe a second time, Hashem said to Moshe, the rabbis immediately say, when Moshe heard what happened, his strength ebbed away from him, and words failed him. Meaning, God was waiting for Moshe's response, and there is none. The Midrash actually says it a little bit harsher. Midrash that is brought by Rashi in Perak Yud says that why is God telling Moshe, leave me alone, don't bother me, don't try to defend them? Moshe hasn't said a word. But in fact, what God is doing is hinting to Moshe what the right response should have been. Not shock silence, but immediately a passionate defense of his people. This is Moshe's job. You are the leader. And therefore, he's alluding to him, if you leave me alone, if you if you pray and protest, then I will um, not destroy them. But if you don't, and you leave me alone, I will in fact annihilate them and make you into their nation instead. Nechamalewitz writes so beautifully, I'm reading from her studies in Exodus, the old version, Moshe did not react to the divine report. God, as it were, waited expectantly for Moshe's reply. Moshe responded with shock silence. In other words, what this Vayomer, this second Vayomer Vayomer is, God tells Moshe what happened, and Moshe should have immediately responded by defending the people, but he fails to do so, whether because he's shocked or he's not sure how to react. He, maybe he does not know if, in fact, God will listen to his prayer. The formula in God said in verse 9 is resumption. The pause in between provided rabbis is the cue for his observation, whereupon Moshe's strength ebbed away from him. In other words, there was supposed to be an immediate response by Moshe. He doesn't do so. The second place where this takes place actually occurs in chapter 33. If you remember, God says to Moshe, at the beginning of chapter 33, go, come up from here, bring the people with you, and I will send an angel. And I will drive out the Canaanites. I'm going to keep my promise. To this, I'm going to bring you to this land, flowing with milk and honey. But I myself will not go. I'm not going to be close with you anymore. You're too stiff-necked. If you make any more mistakes, I might destroy you on the way. And the response of the people, the punishment that God is no longer be among them in the camp, so they mourn and nobody puts on any fine clothes there. And God says to Moshe, tell B'nai Israel, please, you know, he doesn't say please, but he says, you're a stiff-necked people. If I go in your midst one moment, I will destroy you. But now, but for now, continue to mourn and I will decide what to do. Moshe himself, of course, moves his tent out of the camp because he has to be in communion with God and God is no longer in the camp. And then Moshe said to Hashem, this is verse 12, 
you tell me to bring these people up. You won't tell me who you are I'm going to send with me. And you've already said to me, you, I've known you by name, I've found favor in your eyes. So if in fact I have found favor in your eyes, let me know thy way so I may know you so I can find favor in your eyes and consider this nation as your people. In other words, he wants God to return to the people. And God responds, Vayomer, my presence will go, but I will stay here. That's the real translation of the word, in other words, he's just basically saying what he said earlier. My angel will go, but I myself, God, will stay here. And Moshe responds, if your angel is not going, don't make us leave here. Because if you don't show us how that you have found favor in your eyes, how will anybody know that you know you've forgiven us if you're not with us directly? And now notice what happens here in verses 17, 18, 19. Listen carefully. And Hashem said to Moshe, Everything that you've said that I've spoken, I will do for you for you have found favor in my eyes, and I have known you by name. And Moshe says, in response, Show me now your glory. And now God says, I will let all my goodness pass before you, says God. I will proclaim the name of God before you. I will favor when I wish to favor. I will have compassion when I wish to have compassion. And then God says, but notice Vayomer. He said, first, I will let all my goodness pass before you. But you will not be able to see my face, for man shall not see me and live. Vayomer Hashem. And then God says for a third time, in verses 19, 20, 21, Vayomer, God speaks. Vayomer, he speaks again. Vayomer Hashem. There's a place of me, stand on the rock, and I will go by, and you cannot see me from the front, but you can see me from the back. So what is the meaning of this Vayomer, Vayomer, Vayomer? So I want to make the following suggestion here. Moshe has asked, show me your kavod. Show me your visible being or presence, your honor, what it means. Since this is a, it's really a demonstration, prove to me that you're coming with us. Prove to me you're not staying behind at Sinai. So... God does not allow Moshe to see his kavos. He gives him a compromise. I can make all my goodness go in front of you, i.e. the 13 midot of mercy, the 13 attributes of mercy, the 13 midot rachamim, which is what he's going to do, and I'll say the name of God in front of you, but that should be enough. But then there seems to be a pause. God says not only that, but however, please understand, I'll be merciful when I choose to be merciful, and I'll show favor when I choose to show favor. Even you, Moshe, can't find out everything about me. But then Moshe is quiet. And so, Moshe, God seems, as it were, to talk further. He goes, you cannot see my face. No one can see me and keep on living. In other words, Moshe apparently was dissatisfied with God's answer. Listen, I'll give you my 13 midot rachmim. You don't like that? Well, let me explain to you why you can't see my kavod, my essence. Because nobody can see it and live. 
Once again, Moshe responds with silence. And his silence here is so powerful that God makes another compromise to Moshe. Okay, I won't show you my face, but I will hide you behind this rock and I'll cover you with my hand, and then you can see me from behind. In other words, by Moshe not speaking, he's able to get almost everything that he asked for from God. As God says, I'll give you option A, and Moshe is quiet. Well, how about option B? How about option C? So that finally Moshe is able to get the closest possible viewing of God that is possible. But you wouldn't recognize this if you had simply seen this without the Vayomer, Vayomer, Vayomer Hashem, that God speaks three times. And this is why these Vayomer, Vayomer, Vayomers are so significant. And God speaks, and God speaks, and God speaks. We see it in the story of God pleading with Moshe, as it were, defend your people. And we wouldn't have recognized it without the Vayomer, Vayomer. And here, as now, when Moshe is defending, pleading for his people, says, I'm weak. this doesn't work, God, unless you show up. God says, well, okay, fine, but I'll show up, but I'm staying here. Well, that's not good enough. You have to show with us. Fine, I'll come, but show me your covenant so we can seal the deal. Tell you what, I, I can't do that. No, listen, let me explain to you why I can't do that. Fine, I'll show you a part, not a little. The Vayomer, Vayomer, Vayomer builds the suspense, and ultimately Moshe is able to receive the clearest vision of what God is and what God wants from us, which is later recorded to us for us to understand from this day forward. With these two Vayomer, Vayomers in mind, I want to wish everybody a Shabbat Shalom. Be well, be healthy.